welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. President Trump has experienced one setback after another in his attempt to cut off the flow of immigrants into this country across the southern border. Some of his attempts were stymied by Congress, some by economics, some by public reaction, but most were blocked by the courts. The latest judicial setback came Monday when a federal judge in California stopped Trump from forcing Central Americans seeking asylum to wait in Mexico for months or even years while their applications are being processed. In a speech to the Republican Jewish Coalition last Saturday, Trump called the asylum program a scam. They read a a little page given by lawyers that are all over the place, you know, lawyers. They tell them what to say. You look at this guy, you say, wow, that's a tough cookie. I am very fearful for my life. Joining me is David Beer, immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. David, let's start with the most recent decision. What did the judge base his decision on? Well, he he based it on the asylum law, um, and the the law requires the administration not to return people to um, anywhere where they may be facing persecution or uh, a threat to their life, which the administration admitted was the case. Uh, they just said they had adequate protocols in place to prevent the removal of people who may be threatened in Mexico. The judge disagreed with that. Um, and the second thing that the judge concluded was that um, the statute explicitly forbade them from using Uh, the procedure that they were using in order to remove people from the country. Again, the asylum law of the United States uh, does not allow for the removal of people who are um, potentially eligible for asylum. Let's discuss some of the other immigration policies the Trump administration has tried out. The administration tried to put restrictions on immigrants seeking asylum with a deportation fast-tracking policy against immigrants who claim they were victims of domestic or gang violence in their homelands. A D.C. judge ruled against that. Why? Well, again, uh, you know, this is this is really the Trump administration arbitrarily deciding what counts as persecution and what doesn't, and it goes against a long-standing practice of 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 the country and really the the understanding that persecution can take uh, various forms. It can it can involve active persecution, which is for example, you know, putting people in, you know, gas chambers and killing them that way. Or it could be that the government of a certain country just simply chooses not to protect a certain group of people. They just refuse to prosecute cases of domestic violence in many parts of the Northern Triangle of Central America. And this isn't according to myself. This is according to the U.S. State Department. And the Trump administration has basically said, we're not going to include that as uh, grounds for asylum because we don't like that people are qualifying for asylum under this, um, uh, you know, uh, grounds. 
The Trump administration, just a note, was also blocked by a San Francisco federal judge from automatically denying political asylum to immigrants who don't arrive at official ports of entry. Let's talk broadly, because President Trump says, you know, Congress should change the asylum laws. How much can Congress change the asylum laws, and how much are there international treaties that might prevent it? Well, it wouldn't be the first time that U.S. Uh, asylum law was out of step with our international agreements. It wasn't until 1980 that really asylum law came in um, uh, was in accordance with the UN's uh, the UN agreements that we've signed on uh, human rights and refugees. So this is this would not be unprecedented, but it would be a reversion to a time. Um, where the, the United States is really out of step with the rest of the world on uh, protecting people from uh, potential persecution in their home country. So uh, the, the short answer is Congress can do a lot. Congress could um, almost entirely remove protection for asylum seekers, and uh, it certainly seems that the Supreme Court would be willing to uphold um, any kind of statute that prohibited or regulated um, um, migration in almost any manner based on what we saw from the travel ban uh, case last year. So in response, Trump in February declared a national emergency on the U.S.-Mexico border to try to go around lawmakers. That is being held up in the courts right now. There are about six or more lawsuits. Where do you see those cases going if as expected, they end up at the Supreme Court. I mean, this is this is really um, another area where it's really impossible to predict uh, what the courts will do. The administration has certainly violated the the spirit of the Constitution by spending money that Congress had intended to be spent somewhere else. But there are problems with that argument because Congress has, at the same time, given the president uh, a significant amount of leeway in deciding what types of things constitute a national emergency, what types of things constitute um, you know, national security. And um, courts have typically deferred to Congress and the president on these types of matters. I'm wondering, because new numbers that are coming out, the, the L.A. Times reports that the Trump administration's handling of immigration cases has caused a 26% increase in backlogged immigration cases since October of 2017. Apparently, there's an immigration court backlog of more than 800,000 cases. Does that actually contribute to the definite to Trump's definition of an emergency in the courts? Well, this is this is um, again all about how you define these things. But certainly, uh, a long backlog in cases is nothing new for the immigration system. You have a huge backlog of naturalization cases. You have a huge backlog of of uh, cases for legal immigration benefits. So, a huge backlog is just not unusual, unfortunately, in our, in our immigration system. And the fact that it's increased a lot under his watch is not a good sign for his administration of the immigration issue. But the idea that 
it would constitute a national emergency where he would gain extraordinary powers is just something that uh, doesn't seem reasonable to me. To put it mildly, there seems to be a lot of shuffling at the Department of Homeland Security, a lot of places left open. Does it seem as if there's a plan there, uh, who to fill those places with? Um, even if you fill the places with more people who are tougher on immigration, you still have the law to contend with. Right. You know, there was a quote in Politico from the top advisor for President uh, Trump, Stephen Miller, on immigration, and he said basically the administration is out of ideas. And when you're out of ideas, you blame personnel. And so they're placing blame for the fact that they haven't been able to reduce the number of migrants who are showing up at the border uh, on Secretary Nielsen and the other administrators of the immigration agencies. And I think what you'll see as a consequence of this is being replaced with people who have less experience dealing with the Department of Homeland Security, people who maybe outside of the department and um, come from either the private sector or state agencies. And um, I, I expect that that will not result in the desired outcome because you do need experience um, in order to, you know, control an agency of this size. And it seems to be forgotten in, you know, Trump trying to change the Department of Homeland Security that there's a lot more than immigration issues that that department handles. Are there other areas areas that are going unnoticed or where things are falling behind? Well, certainly, you know, the Department of Homeland Security also includes FEMA, and uh, FEMA is the department or the agency in charge of handling federal emergencies. Um, so, for example, the situation in Puerto Rico following the hurricane there, enormous amount of criticism about how that was handled. Um, and, in fact, the uh, government has been shifting money away from FEMA in order to handle some of the immigration issues, and, and that's been criticized. So, really, the Trump administration has turned the Department of Homeland Security, which was, you know, has a diverse set of duties, into only being about the immigration issue and really the border issue in particular. Thank you so much, David. Always a pleasure to have you on. That's David Beer, immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.